In today's episode, we have the CEO and uh, Managing Director of the IPL franchise, Kolkata Knight Riders, Mr. Vinky Mysore. Welcome to the show, Vinky. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's our pleasure. Um, tell us a bit about your background before you took up the position with the Kolkata Knight Riders. Uh, you come from a financial background, don't you? Uh, that's right. You know, it's, um, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but... Uh, uh, try and keep it short here. Born and brought up in uh, in India, and uh, like most kids, played uh, played a lot of cricket. Played for uh, Madras University and uh, had aspirations of of going further. But uh, then uh, US came calling in 1985, and so I uh, immigrated to the US in 1985, and I was there for about uh, close to 12, maybe 13 years. And uh, then I took on uh, international assignments and first went to Indonesia and then to Hong Kong, then came to India to set up um, uh, MetLife's business. I was with MetLife for almost 21 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I set up the India business and uh, became the CEO and was running it until 2006. And then I left MetLife and uh, moved from Bangalore to Mumbai to become the country head of uh, Sun Life of Canada. Mm -hmm. and was running all the joint ventures of Sun Life here. So up until 2010, October, uh, at that point I was 25 years in financial services, insurance, asset management, uh, etc. And suddenly, as I like to say, lightning struck and uh, it was a very unusual and a unique opportunity to come and run the Kolkata Knight Riders. And uh, so I took the plunge and so it's life has come one full circle. So cricket that started off uh, as a kid, uh, which stopped uh, at some point, now I'm uh, back into the swing of things. So that, that's a quick summary. Um, how, do you, how was the transition? How did you manage the transition from, you know, financial sector to, uh, you know, managing a sports team, a sports management arena? Uh, how is the transition and uh, what are the adjustments you had to make? Well, I'm still adjusting, <laughs> to be honest, but... Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, to start with, it's the excitement of it. I mean, when you think in terms of uh, a career switch and you also think in terms of uh, what you want to do in life, as, uh, as one of my uh, senior mentors did when I was contemplating this change, he said that, uh, you know, there are very few times that people get opportunities in life to pursue their passion and really do something that they really enjoy doing. And uh, I was fortunate to get such an opportunity. And secondly, it, the opportunity also has to come at a time when you can afford to do it you know, mm -hmm. in life. And I was fortunate about that as well. So a lot of support from the family, although they thought I was nuts when I was talking about this change. But uh, uh, so, yeah, so I think when you look at it from that standpoint, it's the passion to do something different and something that you really love. Uh, that, uh, that, that, that was the driving force in the decision making. And once I've come into it, you know, obviously, like many, many thousands and millions of people out there, I'm uh, 
I'm also very passionate about cricket and I had, uh, followed uh, the sport, I played the sport and uh, even though I was uh, not so intimately involved in it, I was very closely following it. Uh, so this has been a great thrill to to get involved up close and uh, personal with the uh, cricketers and the team and um, and and looking at the ways in which we can uh, we can perform well uh, but there is also a very uh, fundamental business side to things and there's a business model which is the which is the sports franchise model mm-hmm. which is which is not that different from any other business i mean at the end of the day you have uh, you have to manage your revenues and keep uh, working on uh, ways in which you can grow that. Uh, you've got to manage your expenses and, uh, and then there are governance issues that you have to address. So uh, I've, I've, I've done a CEO's job for, for several years now and almost 15 years. And so uh, in that sense, at a fundamental level, it wasn't that different, but it's a, it's a very exciting platform on which there's so much scope to, to expand and build and bring uh, creativity to the workplace almost daily. Um. As a CEO and of the franchise, uh, all the business decisions end with you, um, or do you have input in uh, player decisions as well? Um, I, uh, you know, as a CEO, I think when our owners uh, uh, made a decision to bring in someone of my background and profile, uh, and we were going through the process of discussion, uh, that's one of the questions that I, I had uh, quite uh, uh, in fact, I was almost uh, probably irritating them by asking that question over and over again. I said, what are your expectations and why would you want someone on my profile? You know, And uh, the, the consistent answer that kept coming was to say that, you know, basically they wanted to professionalize the franchise and they wanted to bring in uh, someone of my profile and empower the individual to be able to go out and, and run the business. And so to that extent, you know, uh, the, the cricketing decisions as well as... Uh, the business decisions are all pretty much left to me. Uh, that doesn't mean that I, I I single-handedly make all the decisions because we have a very strong uh, support staff and think tank uh, that I rely on quite uh, quite heavily. But I think it's safe to say that um, uh, the, the buck stops with me. Okay. Um, Kolkata Knight Riders, KKR, when they started off, they were the uh, most popular franchise. You know, we, even before a single ball was bowled in IPL, uh, they were the popular franchise because of, of course, Shah Rukh Khan um, and also the players that uh, you had in uh, your franchise. Uh, since then, things have changed. Um, you know, the leading phase of the franchise in terms of players is gone, no longer with the team. Um, and, of course, we know what happened with the uh, Pakistani players. They are not being able to take part or t- franchises not wanting to risk on them, etc. Um, so how has that changed the overall profile of the team? Well, you know, uh, I think you summarized the, um, the history of the franchise very well. I mean, needless to say, uh, the moment you mentioned KKR, uh, uh, the first association, the first name that comes out of everyone's mouth is uh, SRK. So uh, I think we're very fortunate to have someone like him as a as an owner and someone who backs us 100%. And I think more importantly, I think I, I, I cannot emphasize enough the extent to which, um, you know, they, they are behind the scenes and, and let me and my team do our jobs. You know? So that's, uh, we're very fortunate about that. Uh, but you know, yeah, it's it's a process of change. I mean, uh, 
despite everything that you described, um, you know, this is a very, very funny format. You know, the T20 format is a very funny format. And I think uh, KKR found out the hard way because the first three years, um, I don't think there's any hiding the fact that uh, uh, KKR was the worst performing team in the league mm-hmm. and won the fewest matches and uh, finished, uh, was the only team that didn't make the playoff in the first three years. You know? Every other team had made the playoffs one, one year or the other. And, uh, yeah, so the, I think uh, you know, being popular and having uh, a, a roster of players who on paper and on reputation were uh, absolutely fantastic, but somehow things hadn't come together. And so I, perhaps that was one of the reasons for uh, for, for change. And, uh, yeah, so when I came in, uh, there were was, there was some interesting opportunities. I also was very fortunate to come in at a time when we had the opportunity to overhaul the team. And uh, so that was a that was a starting point. So uh, you know, certainly certainly things have uh, things have changed. I don't think uh, some of the things that have not changed is that we continue to be the most popular team, and uh, SRK continues to be the sort of uh, the, the the heart and soul and the face of the organization, and uh, someone who supports us very strongly from uh, from from behind the scenes, if you will. Uh, but uh, we did change our our on-field strategy and some of our business strategies, mm-hmm. uh, which which uh, which is slowly beginning to to show results. I have to ask you this: um, How easy or tough, uh, both uh, cricketing-wise as well as marketing-wise, business-wise, uh, the decision to let go of Saurav Ganguly? It was a very tough decision. I mean, needless to say, because uh, uh, and and that's one of the first decisions that uh, that I had to sort of I was faced with to make. Um, I think the first part was not. I think there are two parts to that decision. I mean, the first part was whether we were going to retain any player, uh, let alone uh, Ganguly, whether it would retain any player. And I think it was pretty obvious in some of the basic analysis that I did that. Retention uh, made sense only if you had good Indian players. Uh, it didn't make sense if you had, you know, good foreign players because the foreign players, uh, the supply-demand situation in the auction is such that you could get foreign players for reasonable values, whereas the number of Indian players who are available, uh, you know, by, by contrast, is, uh, is is not that many. Mm-hmm. And uh, And so... The, the, the fundamental decision that uh, had to be made was whether we would retain anyone or not. And we decided that we would not retain anybody. And I think that was the right decision on hindsight. Um, the second part of the decision was really the composition of the team. And uh, and so, you know, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a fundamental shift in direction where we said that basically we're going to move in a, in a different direction. We're going to build for the future. Um, and uh, and so that all of those things came into play when uh, when that kind of a decision was made. But you know when you when you you have to have conviction in in uh, in the decisions that you make. It doesn't mean that they're always going to be the right decisions. Uh, but this is one where there was a fair amount of analysis that we did, and basically we said we're, if we're building for the future and we're cleaning the slate and moving forward, uh, then we really need to go in a completely different direction to the one that we we had adopted for the first three years. So to that extent, um, it was a very difficult decision, but at least the more we talked about it, the more analysis we did, it was pretty clear that that was the right thing to do. 
And uh, yeah, so I think from a marketing perspective, business perspective, you know, people certainly uh, uh, you know, forewarned us about uh, about the possible backlash in Calcutta and the, and the possible impact on business and all of these different things. But in the end, as I said, you know, you have to have conviction, and we did luckily. And uh, while we second guessed ourselves several times before we made the decision, but uh, I think in the end, it was the right decision, and we were very fortunate that uh, that the team which we uh, put together really did a fantastic job and this was the best year for KKR. We qualified for the playoffs and with a little luck we could have gone further but uh, anyway we qualified for the Champions League and mm-hmm. again uh, uh, you know we, we lost out on a whisker uh, <laughs> in terms of run rate but uh, that's life and that's life when you're when you're running a franchise and that's the game and that's what keeps it exciting but I think from a business perspective this has been our best year. In fact, we just about announced that uh, we are the first franchise to become profitable in IPL. Mm. And uh, so I think net-net, and we, except for the very first game that we played last year in Calcutta, the rest of the games we pretty much sold out in uh, in Eden Gardens, which to me is a is an indication of the kind of support that we, we started enjoying. And I think the people there also really wanted to see a winning team. Mm-hmm and back a winning team. And once the team started performing well and off the field also, I must emphasize it, that we're really, really proud of how the team conducted themselves off the field. Really professional. We've got a bunch of terrific guys who are outstanding um, world-class players who who really, really uh, are so humble and manage, uh, you know, uh, conduct themselves in such a dignified manner that I think they... They really won a lot of uh, uh, appreciation for that and won a lot of hearts also, I think. And so we are looking forward to building on that foundation as we go into this season. Talking about this season, you recently, we, uh, you know, we recently had the uh, IPL auction uh, and the transfer window. So there are a bunch of questions from uh, many listeners. Uh, Tejas, Aditya, Sunny and Manish. A lot of them, one way or the other, have framed the question about how do you, as a team, uh, go about analyzing the performances before you make the decision to invest millions of dollars in a particular player? You know, in IPL 4, according to Tejas, uh, you almost had, you know, you were solely focused, had a blind determination to pick up certain players, say Gautam Gambhir, who was your captain, or Yusuf Patan, or Jacques Collis. Um, you know, was there any statistical basis to it, some analytical models to it that you were running to find out who was your value player and you had to go get him? You know, something like Absolutely. the money balls. Something Absolutely. like the money ball. Absolutely. In fact, uh, uh, I started talking about money ball before... Uh, the movie was well before the movie was released and even as I came on board and took this job because I'd read the book a couple of years ago and it had made an impact on me. Little did I realize that I would be going into a career. <laughs> where, uh, I had the opportunity to potentially apply some of those things. Um, yeah, so we, we had a very clear-cut strategy. Um, in fact, uh, there was an article written about us uh, post uh, the auction last year where, uh, you know, there were three points that were made. One, it said that we were the only team that was represented by management and not the owners. So that was a vote of confidence where the owners decided that uh, that we should go out. We had a strategy. They wanted us to go out and execute, and they didn't want to come in and, 
In fact, Shah Rukh told me that uh, he said, if I if I come to the auction, I'll, I know I'll confuse you. <laughs> and uh, the strategy that you put together is fantastic. It's uh, I don't think anybody I have not seen anything like this before. So uh, so that was the first point that was made. The second one was that was made was that uh, the, the 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 article said that we looked very cool and composed and uh, had, I seemed to know exactly what we were doing. Uh, I would I would agree with one part of it that we we had a good game plan and we kind of almost knew what we were doing. Because an auction, you you never hundred percent know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't right to say we were cool because the heart was pounding like crazy. <laughs> uh, but you know what we had done was, you know, I I had engaged a software firm out of uh, Chennai to to build me a bidding system, and uh, we went through all kinds of decision trees without. Uh, I mean, the whole strategy was around making sure that we didn't start thinking about names of players. Mm-hmm. The moment you start thinking about names, then you get emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. And uh, in all likelihood, the same name would have been thought of by three, four, five, six franchises. And then you get into some uh, crazy bidding war and uh, you just can't do it. So I had told my think tank, our head coach and our staff, that I want to see a lineup which is more based on positions and skills. So I said, don't give me a name, but give me give me positions and give me skills that you're looking for. And and then we created a grid to where for each of those positions, we said, we need to now look at options. And I, I was forcing the team to come up with eight options per position. So if you're saying, for example, that I want an aggressive wicketkeeper batsman at the top, mm-hmm. I said, okay, here's the grid. Now give me eight names from the roster auction list. And, and, uh, and, and you should do enough homework to where... Uh, if I produce one of those names at the end of the auction, you should still be happy. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. You know? So we went through that type of a process and we did a lot of uh, mock auctions as well. You know, we sort of had eight different groups because there were there were eight teams, you know, rather, sorry, 10 teams. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had 10 different groups and we ran several mock sessions just to see how the trend is on pricing and everything else. And I wasn't very happy with that. So I actually wrote a strategy for every team. And I said, if, if I was so-and-so, what would my strategy be? And uh, so we ran mock auctions on that basis. And then the other thing that uh, that I did was to put a value on every player. Yeah. I said, there is a circuit breaker. So I said, you know, once we hit certain numbers, you know, because you don't want to get emotionally attached. <laughs> so you basically say, because you have only $9 million to spend. That's what we had last year. Mm-hmm. So, so that's sort of how we went in with that. But we realized that having given up the option of retaining anyone, and there were teams who retained uh, players, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if we had to compete, we said we need to build a core. And we were willing to put money on some of the core players. We defined a group of players as our core players. And, and we said we need at least two, maybe three of these. If we can get two we would have been happy with two, but we, we felt very fortunate we got three, uh, which was Gautam Gambhir, Yusuf Patan, and Jacques Kalis. But, you know, everybody talks only about these three names because obviously these are the ones for whom we paid mm-hmm. uh, a good chunk of money. But what people don't realize is we picked 12 players from the auction. Mm-hmm. And if you take these three out, the other nine, I paid $500,000 or less for each of those. Mm. And that's what I call as value players. In fact, I've now started calling them as moneyball players mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we, I think slowly we have developed a, 
a little bit of a reputation of uh, picking players that others have not uh, noticed yet. And uh, I can I can name several of them. You know, Ryan Tendiscata is the mm-hmm. first name to my mind. Uh, nobody knew about him, and we picked him. And he was uh, he was one of our uh, I would say one of our stars. Clearly, uh, he bats beautifully. Is probably the, one of the best fielders that uh, uh, I've ever seen. And uh, he's he he bowls very usefully. So he's a real value player in terms of being an all rounder. If you, then if you look at James Pattinson. James mm-hmm. Pat- in fact, I, I kept uh, texting or SMSing uh, Wasim Akram. Wasim Akram is our bowling coach, and he does commentary for uh, for the broadcaster, uh, and he was doing that in Australia. And I kept texting him saying, I hope you're giving KKR some credit for identifying Pattinson before <laughs> Australia did. You know, Australia had not even picked him. After we picked him, Australia picked him. And uh, now he's become a star. He tormented India and is a star now. And you know, we got him for $100,000. And right now, in the latest auction, you know, we picked up Marshan Delang, who is the South African uh, yeah. sensation. I mean, we got him for $50,000. Iqbal Abdullah is another uh, uh, example that I can give you. He's an uncapped Indian uh, uh, player who plays for Mumbai in Ranji Trophy. Yeah. And uh, he's a terrific left-arm spinner and a really talented lower-order left-arm bat, excellent fielder. Uh, last year in all of IPL, he, he was the he was voted the best emerging player of IPL. So we have uh, we have done a lot of these types of uh, things, and we intend to continue to do that. And that's uh, yes, the the attention is always on the high paid players, but uh, there's a lot of this happening as well, which balances things off. So when when you're in the middle of a, say a bidding uh, war. Uh, for the lack of a better word, uh, during the auction, who has the final say, the CEO, you, or the coach, or is it a joint decision, uh, or do you have, like, set limits, you know, like, we're not going to certainly go past this, you know, 1.5 mil or whatever um, for the particular player. Uh, who makes that call? See, actually, the way things work is that uh, there's a lot of discussion and planning that goes on before the auction. And uh, so we, we're all on the same page in, in terms of our strategy, in terms of uh, uh, the pecking order and uh, what-if type of scenarios. Um, but ultimately what happens is, you know, when we're sitting at the table, uh, yes, you know, I make the final call because there are times when you have to sort of react to the situation. And for the most part, I think uh, uh, we were able to get the players that we wanted at pretty much the prices that we wanted but uh, since there's also a commercial decision that's involved and also there is a certain amount of uh, tactics that, uh, that one has to engage in uh, at the table, on the spot. Uh, so that final call I take. Um, and, and, uh, but, but there's a lot of preparation that, that leads up to that. Um, how, do you, how do you go about uh, scouting your talent? You know, Is it just are you paying attention to the T20 leagues? from uh, around the world or do you have an extensive scouting system um, you know where uh, names that are not yet known uh, in the Ranji level you're, you're sending scouts and uh, you know following the Ranji teams as well yeah absolutely you know I think uh, all of the above I mean everything that you mentioned I mean, we have we have people who uh, uh, you know have, have carefully handpicked and in different markets as well in India as well 
and people that I have built a bit of an equation with and I respect their judgment. You know? And those types of people are constantly giving inputs you know, to me uh, and, and we evaluate and we have a, a terrific uh, analyst uh, who's, uh, who's, who's part of our team. And uh, this guy is a wealth of information and he just is able to quickly you know, produce whatever uh, reports and analysis that I'm looking for. And uh, so we're we're constantly keeping an eye out for uh, for talent, but at the same time, you know, I think we, you know, you would notice that uh, you might have noticed that among all the teams, we decided to keep uh, the smallest squad. Mm-hmm. We had twenty last year, and we've added now three players to it, so we're twenty three. Whereas you're allowed up to thirty three, and many teams are very close to thirty three. And my point of view, and luckily all the coaches and the support staff agreed with me, is that my point of view was that, you know, we, we shouldn't have too many players in, sitting on the bench. And, uh, you know, every single player in the squad should really, should realistically have an opportunity to play in the level. That is, that, that, that is one of the questions uh, from Manish. How do you handle these players that may... Or a borderline where uh, you know they may have the chance to play. Uh, how do you take care of him if they don't get uh, sufficient opportunity to play? See, it's, it's it's always difficult because every every sportsman and having played cricket, you know cricket and sport at a certain level. I mean, I know uh, from first-hand experience also that at whatever level I played, I always wanted to be out in the middle and performing. I think that is the case with uh, all sports people, but. Uh, I think it's all about the kind of uh, atmosphere that you create uh, and the coaches play a big, big role in creating a happy atmosphere in the dressing room. Uh, I think communication is a big, big part of it to make sure that uh, you know everybody understands that there is, uh, there, there's a strategy and there's transparency in uh, thinking and that the goal is, is, uh, is a common goal for the whole team. So it takes a lot of effort to to build that and to create that type of uh, an environment of uh, openness and uh, and whatnot. And I think in the end, still the players who are left behind or left out of the team, uh, they, they they I'm sure I, I know and observing them and talking to them that uh, they're all craving to play and and perform. But uh, but one needs to handle that very very carefully. And the way uh, the, the best you can do is to be very honest and transparent and have a have an atmosphere that uh, people understand at some level saying that okay i understand why this is the combination today you know? and uh, we've worked very hard in, uh, in, uh, in in trying to make that happen and i think we've we've had reasonable success with that but it's always a continuous process fair fair enough um there is a question from saurabh malhotra and uh, he wants to know what are your thoughts on the number of Indian players allowed in a team, or vice, uh, conversely, number of uh, you know non-Indian players allowed in the team. See, that's always a, a point of debate, and I know that uh, this has been a point of discussion in the last uh, several weeks uh, for a variety of reasons. I, I think the balance is just about right at this point, um, because you do need the international players to to keep the league. Um, you know, to bring in the diversity that one is looking for from a spectator standpoint and from a from a game standpoint, as well as to ensure that the standards are are appropriately high. And at the same time, being an Indian Premier League, you know, I think the idea also clearly is to is to is to create the platform for 
Indian kids to come out and perform. I mean, an Iqbal Abdullah or a Jaydev Unatkat who have come out of uh, the Calcutta franchise mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. have would not have had chances had uh, had had there not been the emphasis to play Indian players appropriately. Let's uh, briefly talk about the viability, marketability of IPL uh, this season and moving forward. Um, there are a few questions. Um, you know, last year, uh, IPL came close on the heels of 2011 uh, World Cup and India had won it. And so initially there weren't as much crowd in the uh, for the matches, IPL matches. And, you know, it was said that it's because of uh, fan fatigue, jaded, people are fair, jaded with all the cricket happening. And, you know, there was no opportunity for the fans and the players uh, to savor the World Cup victory uh, once in a generation, I mean, 28 years. Um, <clears throat> are the franchises worried about the dropping TRPs and, you know, possibly uh, general public apathy? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I think it is It is definitely uh, an, an issue we all need to be cognizant of. There's, uh, you know, clearly, and we are cognizant of that. And 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 uh, uh, I don't know about apathy because uh, we were we were very fortunate that, you know, we, despite having the biggest stadium in the country, uh, Eden Gardens has a capacity now, a refurbished Eden Gardens has a capacity of 70,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said, except for the first game, we pretty much sold out uh, for all the other uh, games that we played there. Uh, but, you know, suffice it to say that this is really something that is, uh, uh, it's a challenge for all franchises. And, and uh, you know, I mean, all of us really, um, it, it, it's something that challenges us from the standpoint of, uh, of, of taking care of the fans and marketing it really well. Uh, so we are working on several ideas in terms of making sure that uh, uh, that we can uh, we can uh, make the fan experience uh, a really enjoyable one and also something that is uh, you know I've, I've given a challenge to my team this year saying that you know we've got to make it very easy for fans and spectators to do business with KKR for ticket sales we used to have just have these ticket counters just outside Eden Gardens and people used to come stand and buy. This year, we're introducing a variety of ways in which uh, fans and spectators can buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my point of view was, I was saying, when someone can today pick up the phone call and order a pizza and have it delivered at home and then you pay cash, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do that for, for a KKR uh, match in Eden Gardens. So we, we are really putting a lot of effort into, uh, into, into really um, ensuring that uh, the fan experience is good and so there, there's, there's a, there are strategies around building the fan base and really ensuring that uh, they, they derive value out of uh, becoming a fan of KKR and, uh, and, and, and keep building on that. So you can never take anything for granted. Question comes from Aditya Kumar. Uh, he wants to know, you know why, not, why not KKR have a fan zone where, you know, average fans get an opportunity to interact with the players like for example you know i live in the states i go to my local minor league uh, baseball game and there is a little zone uh, before the game where i can walk in and the players of the day would be available to get autographs to get pictures taken with that sort of thing 
Um, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the, the intention is always to do things like that. And we have done several such activities. But uh, uh, some of the unique things that happen with cricket and in India is that, uh, uh, you know, the numbers of people and the, and the kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, stuff that the players would be subjected to uh, is 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 much much more challenging than any other country or any other sport that you can imagine, uh, and also there are security concerns right now. There are huge security concerns, and and therefore to to balance all of these things, we have done several interesting things in terms of uh, fan gratification, where there are sponsors of KKR who run contests uh, to to and activate their own brand. And, uh, and and the fans who follow this and the and selected number of winners are invited for what we call as a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And it's organized in a very formal manner. Uh, most likely, in the, most of the times at the hotels that we the players all stay and there is uh, appropriate security arrangements that are made. And so these, uh, these uh, people who, who, uh, who won a contest or were invited, as the case may be, come in, have photo opportunities, have autograph opportunities. There is certain memorabilia that we give out. Uh, so they have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, but, you know, we, while we would love to throw it open for uh, for all fans, mm-hmm. it just, as a practical matter, it becomes very difficult. But uh, but we're working we're working on several different ideas to make it, uh, make it uh, uh, somewhat similar. That's true. That's true. Um, going back uh, to the uh, viability uh, aspect of IPL, Bharatram has a question for you. You know, between IPL four and five, there have been three new domestic T20 leagues that have sprung up in the uh, around the world. You know, how does IPL maintain its brand value and stay above the competition and stay as the go-to league? Well, I think uh, you know what makes IPL special is uh, there are a combination of things that uh, that contribute to the success of IPL. I mean, to start with, you've got a you've got a, you've got a country uh, with with the with the size of the population that we all know about, and uh, where uh, cricket is a is a passion. And uh, uh, you know, I've I've heard people in the marketing field in India talk about uh, India having two religions. You know, they mm-hmm. say one is cricket and one is Bollywood. You know. And, and we are fortunate to have a combination of both in our team. But uh, so, yeah, so you have that. And then you have a, a TV viewing audience. And so there is a, there's a willing broadcaster who is able to market this particular product uh, very successfully and attract sponsorship and advertising revenue. Uh, and there are sponsors who believe in this product and who are able to, we have been able to demonstrate to our sponsors that, there is significant value that they derive by being uh, part of uh, uh, the, the KKR story. And when, when games are held in, in uh, cities like Eden Gardens, uh, sorry, in Calcutta, where uh, the, the, you know, it's held at Eden Gardens and similar types of grounds around the, around the country, there are people who love to come and enjoy the experience of uh, personally being there. Uh, so all of these things not only make it a, a tremendous sporting and a cricketing spectacle, but also, you know, uh, um, makes it a very viable financial model. And so that's what is unique about, about IPL. And I think this uniqueness will continue. So the, the model and the basis on which it's built is, is a solid uh, 
it's a solid model and it will continue to to grow on that basis now i think it's very difficult as you look around to to see uh, uh, any other country or any other place where a similar league would would have all of these things coming together uh i mean competition is good i think it's 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 good to have these types of leagues whether it's the big bash or the bangladesh league or uh, wherever else it, uh, something like this takes place but you know you will you will obviously see that it is not in the same league or same scale as what ipl is and i think india and this this was the right concept at the right time in the right country mm-hmm. uh, with with all these other uh, contributing factors which has not only made ipl what it is today as a as a premier product but also um in terms of uh, in terms of seeing how all of these things have uh, uh, you know will will continue to play out um but we have had uh, issues with the kochi franchise rajasthan punjab and even recently uh, pune uh, which shows that you know not every team or everything might be hunky dory with ipl um you know and you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that kkr was the first franchise to be profitable you know right. so how profitable is the ipl to the team owners and how sustainable is that profitability yeah so i think the if you look at the business model uh, i mean there are two models here the one is a model that applies to the first eight teams and and the second is the model that uh, came into play for a kochi and a and 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 a sahara um uh, you know the at a at a significantly higher bidding price mm-hmm. so if you talk about the first eight teams um you know and we are one of them fortunately and we were the second lowest in terms of bidding for uh, for a team uh, you know we paid uh, 75 million dollars and that is something that is payable over over 10 years and uh, yeah so with with with, uh, with that as an outflow if you do a good enough job of uh, of selling your sponsorship and generating revenue through that ticket revenues uh, you do well with that and you are doing some interesting things with uh, merchandising licensing then the the revenue model can be uh, can be reasonably healthy and of course you have to combine it with uh, some really hard nosed expense management and and if you're able to do that which is what we did we, you, you you will not even not only break even but you will you will end up making uh, a decent profit um so that is for the first eight teams mm-hmm. now is this sustainable um it's a challenge because it's only sustainable if you can keep you know identifying new streams of revenue uh, because the existing streams of revenue just Uh, don't have the potential to keep growing so you have to keep identifying new streams of revenue and managing your expenses uh, then yes you can continue to be a profitable venture and uh, and and then that's one of the ways in which you differentiate yourself as a business model but uh, if you don't identify new streams of revenue uh, then you will it will plateau out at some point and expenses keeps going up uh, there's only one direction expenses go which is up Mm-hmm. and so it's very difficult to 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 make a profit let alone uh, uh, i mean it's very difficult to break even let alone make a profit but the other two franchises that came in 
I think have a significantly bigger challenge. I mean, uh, probably one of the reasons why Kochi has gone out is because they realize very quickly that financially this is just not viable uh, at, the, at those types of uh, franchise fees. Uh, it would have required a very different business model, very different type of creativity in terms of uh, how you can afford that type of uh, franchise fees, which is which is five times what we're paying. So, uh, what is the prospect? What are the prospects for 2012 uh, on and off the field, and especially off the field? What are the prospects? You know, looking ahead three, five years. Um, well, we're extremely excited about 2012 IPL uh, because obviously we have a we we're coming off of a really good season, IPL season. We're coming off of a good Champions League campaign. And uh, the team has really come together. I mean, this was, a, this was a team. We shouldn't forget that this was a team that we put together only last year. Uh, but uh, as they went through the IPL season and through Champions League, I think they came together really, really well and uh, enjoy each other's company. There's a lot of respect for each other and a lot of professionalism in which they go about uh, their work. Uh, plus, the three players that we have added in the, in the most recent auction really... Uh, adds to our strength and some of the young boys that we have signed. So very excited about the season. Uh, as, a, as a business venture, yes, you know, I mean, coming off of uh, this this year, our, our year ending is March. And so sort of jumping the gun a little bit by sharing this. But nevertheless, uh, we, we're excited that uh, as a business, we've, uh, we'll be the first franchise to become profitable. And uh, the intention is to is to build on, on, on that platform, both on and off the field. Uh, so yes, I think there's a lot, uh, lot ahead for us. I mean, we have done, we have embarked on several new initiatives. I mean, if you look at, uh, we launched a, a digital media, digital marketing initiative about a year ago. Yeah. Social media in particular, and today among IPL teams, we've become number one on Facebook, number one on Twitter, number one on YouTube, and uh, most recently, Twitter had. Uh, uh, launched this uh, awards uh, known as the Shorty Awards. Mm-hmm. Maybe with that, and the Shorty Awards uh, among all the sports teams that were nominated in the world, including NFL teams and EPL teams and F1 and whatnot, KKR uh, came in number one. So we're really excited about that. That that is a reflection of all the hard work that has gone into building an online community, and uh, our endeavor is to ensure that that online community. Uh, eventually become uh, fans of KKR rather than just being a member of the community. And uh, we've also launched a vertical, business vertical on uh, merchandising and licensing. So you'll see a lot more activity on that front in terms of creating a range of merchandise and uh, at various price points and also at various touch points. Uh, so all of these things are, are our effort to ensure that uh, we have new streams of revenue coming in. And uh, when we when we start doing financially better, uh, we are in a position to invest in the team a lot more. So that's that's the that's the goal. And uh, uh, and and you know, as the team continues to do well, it always becomes a uh, it makes our job much easier. So yes. all around, there's a lot of optimism. So I, I see a, a good run for us in the in the next several years. All right. On that note, uh, Venki, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and. Uh, I wish you the very best on and off the field, uh, mostly off the field because I'm a CSK fan. Uh, so uh, I wish, I hope uh, KKR makes it to the final and CSK wins it. Okay. <laughs> well, we'd be happy to make it to the finals. And, uh, you know, once, 
once you're in the finals, then it's anybody's game. So uh, let's hope for the best. And uh, I like CSK as well. So I like uh, I like the, the the folks there. I think there's a lot of uh, mutual respect. Uh, not just CSK, but you know, I think we've built a good. Uh, it's a good fraternity that gets along very well with each other. So uh, thanks a lot. It's uh, good being here, and uh, we we are looking forward to a very strong season as well. Cheers. To take care. Bye bye. Bye. Couch Talk.